Chapters eleven and twelve of The Measure of a Man, a tale of the big woods by Norman Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eleven The Making of a Man. Soon after dark, John Fairmeadow, with a pack on his broad back, swung from the jumping Jimmy trail into the clearing of Swamp's End ceasing only then his high vibrant song and came striding down the huddled street a big man in rare humour with life labour and the night a shadow not john fairmeadow's shadow was in cautious pursuit but of this dark secret follower john fairmeadow was not aware near the cafe of egyptian delights he stumbled the pursuing shadow gasped and john fairmeadow was so mightily exercised for his pack that he ejaculated in a fashion most unministerial but recovered his footing with a jerk and doubtless near turned pale with apprehension but the pack was safe the delicate contents whatever they were quite undisturbed john fairmeadow gently adjusted the pack stamped the snow from his soles as a precautionary measure wiped the frost from his brows and eyelids in the same cautious wisdom and still followed by the shadow strode on but with infinitely more care at the red elephant pale peter's glowing saloon he turned in the bar as always in these days gave the young apostle to those unrighteous parts a roaring welcome it was become the fashion big bubbling rosy john fairmeadow with the square jaw the frank admonitory tongue the tender and persuasive heart the competent not unwilling fists was welcome everywhere from the bottle river camps and the cant hook cutting to the bunk-houses of the yellow tail from beyond the divide to the lower waters of the big river in every saloon bunk-house superintendent's office and cook's quarters of his wide green parish welcome to preach and to pray to bury marry gossip and scold and upon goodly provocation to fight all to the same righteous end a clean man a big broad-shouldered deep-chested long-legged body with a soul to match it a glowing heart and a purpose lifted high there was no mistaking the man by men john fairmeadow clad like a lumberjack upright now in the full stature of a man body and soul grinned like a delighted schoolboy his fine head was thrown back in the pride of clean sure strength his broad face was in a rosy glow his great chest still heaved with the labour of a stormy trail his grey eyes flashed and twinkled in the soft light of pale peter's many lamps twinkled and with merriment in that long stifling roaring smoky fume-laden room for a moment then closed a bit worn and melancholy too but presently with reviving faith to urge them opened wide and heartily and began to twinkle again the bar was in festive array christmas greens red berries ribbons tissue paper and gleaming tinfoil flash of mirrors bright colour branches of pine cedar and spruce from the big balsamic woods it was crowded with lumberjacks great fellows from the forest big of body and passion here gathered in celebration of the festival john fairmeadow getting all at once and vigorously under way shouted merry christmas boys and hello charlie to the bartender 
and he shook hands with pale peter slapped billy the beast on the back roared a greeting to gingerbread jenkins exclaimed merry christmas with the speed and detonation of a gatling gun inquired after butcher long's brood of kids in the east and cried hello old man and what's the good word from yellowtail and how'd you do and glad to meet you and everywhere shook hands and clapped backs carefully preserving however his own back from being slapped and devoutly ejaculated god bless you men a merry christmas to you all and every one and eventually disappeared in the direction of pale peter's living quarters leaving an uproar of genial delight behind him john fairmeadow's shadow however unable to enter the bar of the red elephant waited in seclusion across the windy street mrs bartender was still yawning as john fairmeadow entered upon her ennui but then the big minister exercising the softest sort of caution slipped off his gigantic pack and deposited it with exquisitely delicate care and a face of deep concern on the table she opened her faded eyes with interested curiosity and as for the contents of the pack there's no more concealing them the article must now be declared and produced it was a baby of course it was a baby the thing has been obvious all along john fairmeadow's foundling left in a basket at the threshold of his temporary lodging-room at big rapids that very morning first to john meadow's consternation and then to his gleeful delight as for the baby itself it was presently unswathed it is quite beyond me to describe its excellencies of appearance and conduct john fairmeadow himself couldn't make the attempt and escape annihilation it was a real and regular baby however one might suggest in inadequate description that it was a plump baby one might add that it was a lusty baby it had hair it had a pucker of amazement its eyes two of them were properly disposed in its head its hands were of what are called rose-leaf dimensions it had apparently a fixed habit of squirming it had no teeth evidently a healthy baby a baby that any mother might be proud of doubtless a marvel of infantile perfection in every respect i should not venture to dispute such an assertion nor would john fairmeadow nor any other bold gentleman of swamp's end and elegant corners not in these later days mrs bartender of course lifted her languid white hands in uttermost astonishment there john fairmeadow exploded looking round like a showman what do you think of that eh but mr fairmeadow the poor lady stammered what have you brought it here for why not john fairmeadow demanded why not indeed it's perfectly polite what am i to do with it it isn't intoxicated my good woman john fairmeadow ran on in great wrath and it's never been in jail but my dear mr fairmeadow do be sensible what am i to do with it why uh i should think john fairmeadow ventured the baby was still sleeping like a brick that you might first of all uh resuscitate it would uh, a slight poke in the ribs provoke animation but the baby didn't need a poke in the ribs it didn't need any other sort of resuscitation not that baby 
the self-dependent courageous perfectly competent and winning little rascal resuscitated itself instantly too and positively and apparently without the least effort in the world moreover and with remarkable directness it demanded what it wanted and got it and having been nourished to its satisfaction from young master bartender's silver-mounted bottle which john fairmeadow then secretly slipped into his pocket and having yawned in a fashion so tremendous that mrs bartender herself could never hope to equal that infinite expression of boredom and having smiled and having wriggled and having giggled and cooed and attempted actually attempted to get its great toe in its mouth without extraneous assistance of any sort whatsoever even without the slightest suggestion that such a thing would be an amazingly engaging trick in a baby of its age and degree it burst into a gurgle of glee so wondrously genuine and infectious that poor bored mrs bartender herself was quite unable to resist it and promptly and publicly and finally committed herself to the assertion that the baby was a dear wherever it came from john fairmeadow snatched it from the table and was about to make off with it when mrs bartender interposed my dear mr fairmeadow said she that child will simply catch his death of cold there was something handy however something of silk and fawn skin and with this enveloping the baby john fairmeadow swung in a roar with it to the bar and held it aloft in all that seething wickedness pure symbol of the blessed christmas festival and there was a sensation of course a sensation beginning in vociferous ejaculations but presently failing to a buzz of conjecture there were questions to follow to which john fairmeadow answered that he had found the baby that the baby was nobody's baby that the baby was his baby by right of finders keepers that the baby was everybody's baby and that the baby would presently be somebody's much-loved baby that he'd vouch for the baby now resting content in john fairmeadow's arms was diffidently approached and examined gingerbread jenkins poked a finger at it and said in a voice of the most inimical description get out without disturbing the baby's serene equanimity in the slightest young billy lush charging his soft boyish voice with all the horrifying intent he could muster threatened to catch the baby as though bent upon devouring it on the spot but the baby only chuckled with delight billy the beast incautiously approached a finger near the baby's stout abdomen and the baby with a perfectly fearless glance into the very depths of the beast's frowsy beard clutched the finger and smiled like an angel long butcher long attempted to tweak the baby's nose but the effort was a ridiculous failure practised so clumsily on an object so small and the only effect was to cause the baby to achieve a tremendous wriggle and a loud scream of laughter these experiments were variously repeated but all with the same cherubic result the baby conducted itself with admirable self-possession and courage as though indeed it had been used every hour of its life to the company of riotous lumberjacks in town the inevitable happened of course billy the beast whose pocket was smoking with his wages proposed the baby's health and there was an uproarious rush for the bar just a minute boys john fairmeadow drawled 
it was an awkward moment but the jacks were by this time used to being bidden by this man who was a man and the rush was forthwith halted just a minute boys john fairmeadow repeated for your minister the baby was then held aloft in john fairmeadow's big kind sensitive hands and from this safe perch softly smiled upon the crowd of flushed and bearded faces all round about boys john fairmeadow drawled significantly this is the only sort of church we have in these woods there was a laughing stir and shuffling but presently a tolerant silence fell in obedience to the custom john fairmeadow had established and caps came off and pipes were smothered a little away from the bar please the big preacher suggested pale peter nodded to charlie the infidel and the clink of glasses ceased and the bottles were left in peace and the hands of the bartender rested now boys said john fairmeadow letting the foundling fall softly into his arms i'm not going to preach to you to-night though god knows you need it i'm just going to pray for the baby dear father of us wilful children of the vale he began at once lifting a placid believing face above the smiling child in his arms we ask thy guardianship of this child in us is no perfect counsel for him nor any help whatsoever that he may surely apprehend in thine acceptable wisdom thou settest thy little ones in a world where presently only thou canst teach them teach thou then this little one thou alone knowest the right path for a little boy's inquiring feet lead then this little boy thou alone art saving helper to an adventuring lad help then this lad thou alone art all-perceiving and persuasive alone art truth-teller to a bewildered youth and good example in his wondering sight be then good example and teller of truth to this youth thou alone art in the fashioning ways of thine own world a maker of men make then of this little child a man we ask no easy path for him no unmanly way no indulgent tempering of the winds we pray for no riches for no great deeds of his doing for no ease at all nor any satisfaction we ask of thee in his behalf good manhood lead him where true men must go lead him where they learn the all of life lead him where they level down and build again lead him where in righteous strength his hands may lift the fallen lead him where in anger he may strike lead him where his tears may fall lead him where his heart may find a pure desire o almighty god lover of children father of us all alike make of this child in the measure of his service and in the stature of his soul a man amen amen indeed chapter twelve christmas eve at swamp's end as for poor little patty batch all this while she sat alone a doleful heart in the shack at the edge of the big black woods quite unaware of the momentous advent of a christmas baby at swamp's end the christmas wind was still high still shaking the cabin still rattling the door still howling like a wild beast in the night still roaring in the red stove and snow was falling again a dry dust of snow which veiled the wondering stars 
it was no longer a jolly rollicking christmas wind the gale now it seemed was become inimical to the lonely child wild vaunting merciless terrible with cold Pattie batch disconsolate sighed more often than a tender heart could bear to sanction in a child and found swift visions in the glowing coals though no enlivening tableau but dear brave and human little one she presently ejaculated shoot it anyhow and began at once to cheer up and she was comfortably toasting her shins in a placid delusion of stormy mile-wide privacy her mother's old-fashioned long black skirt drawn up from her dainty toes of which of course the eminent john fairmeadow was never permitted to be aware when all at once and clamouring above the old wind's howling there was a tremendous knocking at the door a knocking so loud and commanding and prolonged that pattie batch jumped like a fawn in alarm and stood for a moment with palpitating heart and a mighty inclination to fly to the bedroom and lock herself in presently however she mustered courage to call come in in a sufficient tone whereupon the door was immediately flung wide and big john fairmeadow with a wild dusty blast of the gale strode in with a gigantic basket and slammed the door behind him leaving the shivering tenacious shadow which had secretly followed from swamp's end to keep cold vigil outside hello there pattie batch john fairmeadow roared merry christmas pattie batch stared hello i say john fairmeadow cried again merry christmas ye rascal pattie batch gulping her delight and quite incapable of uttering a word because of it flew to the kitchen instead of to the bedroom and returned with a broom with which while the shadow peeked in at the window she brushed and scraped and slapped john fairmeadow so vigorously that john fairmeadow scampered into a corner and stood at bay look out there polly pry he shouted in a rage don't you dare look at my basket pattie batch had been doing nothing of the sort don't you so much as squint at my basket john fairmeadow growled pattie batch instantly did of course and with her eyes wide and sparkling too it was really something more than a squint keep your eyes off that basket miss pry john fairmeadow commanded again ah uh, he complained emerging from his refuge and throwing his mackinaw and cap on the floor anybody'd think there was something in that basket for you there if pattie batch gasped in ecstasy is john fairmeadow scornfully mocked ah pattie batch caught john fairmeadow by the two lapels of his coat and she stood on tiptoe and she wouldn't let john fairmeadow turn his head away as if john fairmeadow cared to evade those round glowing eyes and she looked into his grey eyes with a bewitching conglomeration of hope amusement curiosity and adoring childish affection there ith too she chuckled her lisp getting the better of her yeth there ith i know you mr fairmeadow john fairmeadow ridiculously failed to smother a chuckle in a growl doth it bite pattie batch inquired maliciously feigning a terrific fright nonsense john fairmeadow declared it hasn't a tooth in its head he added with one eye closed and palms lifted but ah uh, just you wait and see well pattie batch drawled i suppose it's a turkey it's certainly something to eat she declared 
good enough to eat i bet you john fairmeadow agreed with the air of having concealed in that veritable big basket the sweetest morsel in all the world is it a chicken nonsense said john fairmeadow it's far more delicious than chicken hi there paul pry he roared and just in time keep your hands off is it anything for the house no indeed the house is for it patty batch scowled in perplexity the back yard too john fairmeadow added and don't you forget that this whole place and all the world belongs to just what's in that basket i'm sure poor patty batch mused scratching her curls in bewilderment i can't guess what it could be both were now staring at the basket and at that very moment the blanket covering stirred it's a dog patty batch exclaimed dog the outraged john fairmeadow roared nothing of the sort no ma'am patty batch clasped her hands it is too she cried i saw it move it is not it's a kitten then it is not a kitten thereupon while the shadow by whom john fairmeadow had been dogged that night now peered with acute attention through a break in the frost on the window-pane thereupon without any warning save a second slight movement of the blanket a sound and not by any means a growl the thing was certainly not a dog a sound proceeded from the depths of the basket patty batch jumped away well well cried john fairmeadow what's the row row indeed patty batch was gone white and she swayed a little and shivered too and clenched her little hands to restrain her amazing hope oh she moaned at last far short of breath enough tell me quick if it if it ah uh, ah uh. john fairmeadow threw back the blanket in a most dramatic fashion and there wrapped in the neglected fawn-skin cloak all dimpled and smiling lay the baby by george screamed patty batch it ith a baby your baby john fairmeadow whispered god's christmas gift to you patty batch adorable young mother reverently approached and bending with parted lips eyes shining and hands laid upon her trembling heart for the first time gazed content upon the little face she lifted then and with what awe and tenderness the tiny mortal from the warm basket and pressed it with knowing arms against her warmer softer young breast my baby she crooned her lips close to its ear my little baby my own little baby the shadow vanished from the window and was never seen again well 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 that wasn't all you may be sure it wasn't anything like all the interesting happenings of that christmas eve in the log shack on the edge of swamp's end patty batch for example talked so much and so fast that her tongue stumbled and her breath positively refused to indulge her with another word without a rest girl says she how in the world could she ever have dreamed that well and to think that she had actually wanted a girl when sakes alive a girl baby was nothing to a boy baby once you knew about such things and as for the lumberjacks in town who had and just like them too by george who had stuffed john fairmeadow's mackinaw pocket with a perfect fortune for the baby they were really dears every one of them and as for john fairmeadow himself 
well never mind patty batch didn't say a single adequate word but in the mad extravagance of her joy and in a violent effort to express her gratitude she did something that john fairmeadow heartily approved but never would have permitted of course had he not been taken unaware the big gale laughed now and frolicked past the cabin and tapped softly at the door as if bound through sheer importunity to enter in and share the happiness the roar was gone out of it it was savage no longer it hadn't a growl to its name it hadn't even a ghostly groan to scare a child with who was afraid of the wind now of the cold of the wild black night not patty batch patty batch's baby had tamed that gale by and by patty batch resolutely returned the baby now sound asleep to the basket i s'pose says she i better get at gingerbread jenkins washing washing cries john fairmeadow yeth 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 patty batch declared impatiently i got to look out for the education of my baby don't i as john fairmeadow says you ought to see that baby now End of chapter 12